Hello, I'm Haley, and this is Taya, and welcome to <coughs> Haley and Taya rip up Supernatural and start over, and also sometimes talk about other stuff, a podcast. Also known as Hitrusa, and this week we are talking about season four, episode two, Are You There, God? It's Me, Dean Winchester. So this- true. <laughs> this originally aired on September 25th, 2008. It was written by Sarah hey, wait, Gamble. Wait, can we redo that? Wait, what? Can you redo the title for me? Are you gonna... Can you just... Can you say... Can you say what episode it is? But not the title? Okay. Sure. Okay. Today we are talking about... What? 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 Se- season season four... What? Season four, episode two. Are you there, God? It's okay. me, Dean Winchester. That doesn't work, but Okay. <laughs> It was written by Sarah Gamble and Lou Bolo for the story, but Sarah wrote the teleplay. And Lou Bolo is actually the stunt coordinator. Um, I wish my name was He was a stunt Lou coordinator Bolo. for like 12 years. He only received two writing credits in this season, which is like kind of weird. I don't know why he only received writing credits for two. I wonder if he just like kind of came up with an idea and was like, how's this one? But I don't know. It doesn't say anything about it. Um, and then, I mean, we know Sarah. We all know Sarah. Oh, and it was directed by Phil Scracia, who did some things. Uh, None that we've really loved, to be honest. He did Ghost Facers. Ghost Facers was fine. I do love Ghost Facers. I don't think I love it, necessarily, but it was fine. It was very different. I do love Ghost Facers. It was very different. I mean, but, like, then he also did, like, Hollywood Babylon, and that one objectively (sighs) sucks. Yeah. Um, so, as we get into it, uh, hi, guys, I got a new microphone. So, sorry it took so long, but hopefully I sound listenable now. (laughs) (laughs) So, our summary. We open on a sleeping Olivia Lowry who is woken up by a fail- by failing electronics. There is a ghost afoot, and she goes to get an EMF, showing she is a hunter. Ghosts appear uh, while there's a voicemail from Bobby happening. First, it's just a guy, and then a lady. Olivia tries to defend herself, and she's like, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. But the ghosts one-up her and tear her heart out. Cut to the boys. We see Dean and Sam fighting about the reality of angels and God. They're at Bobby's place. Bobby says, get reading. And Dean sends Sam to get pie. Sam runs into Ruby, who's like, what the fuck? Your brother was resurrected by by an angel? And Sam's like, lol, you heard about it? And she's like, yeah, no shit, I heard about it. Sam forgets the pie. Back at Bobby's, Bobby's like, hey, I haven't been able to get in touch with a friend, Olivia. She's in the next town over or something. Can you go check on her? Uh, So they go to check on Olivia, and they find her dead. Um, They find her absolutely torn open. Her ribs are, like, crazy. And there's a lot of blood. Mm -hmm. Then in in Olivia's house, Sam goes into the bathroom alone, and he gets confronted by Hendrickson, who beats on him and tells him that it's his fault that that he's dead. Back at Bobby's, he's alone, and he's confronted by two two ghost twins who are like, you let us die, Bobby. Um, And then Dean is also confronted by Meg, but like the real girl, not the demon. So that's fun. Uh, Some stuff happens. They fight him away, blah, blah, blah. Sam, they get back to Bobby's and Sam rescues Bobby. 
Um, there's another guy who gets killed, and I don't remember when that happens in there, but it happens in there somewhere. Awesome. Um, yeah. They go into Bobby's panic room and find a spell to get the ghosts away, and they also find out that they, we, they realize that the ghosts are part of an apocalyptic seal because of a brand that they saw on Megan Hendrickson's hands. And, uh, they leave the panic room, they see Ronald, the conspiracy guy, uh, they begin a spell that will send them away. It's slippery for a minute, as it always is, because it wouldn't be an, ep- an episode without a, oh no, are they gonna lose? Um, mm-hmm. but they don't, because it's supernatural and they're the protagonists. They win, and then that night, Castiel shows up in Dean's dreams, and they discuss stuff about what's going on, and in the morning... Dina asks Sam if he believes in the devil. Oh, because, sorry, Castiel says that that Lilith is trying to wake the devil. Yeah, it wasn't just, like, out of nowhere. Yeah, kind of important. Um, Just like, hey. Yeah, so, yeah, it's crazy stuff happening. Um, Our death count is, I think two on screen six mentioned six six aliens mentioned plus aliens aliens oh no i fucked up um i think the show takes a hard no alien stance (laughs) yeah six angels mentioned and then an additional 20 well 18 18, yeah, I was gonna say. At least an additional 18 hunters. So our total death count is 28? 26. 26. Sorry, I added two. (laughs) The Um, math and the words are not I am an English teacher. (laughs) Yeah, things are going well tonight. (laughs) Um, The Castiel quote of the day. Do we have a name for this? Right now it's just Castiel quote of the day. The Castiel quote of the day for this week is... I dragged you out of hell. I can throw you back in. Thank awesome you, Cash. Shit. Really good. I think you should get get the, rid of this guy. The the sequel the sequel the sequel. That no. Well, if if we sequel? come up with an it, I think if we come up with something, it'll happen a little more naturally than whatever the fuck you're trying to do right now. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So my first note is, oh my god, dead in the water. I wrote mention, but it's not really a mention. It's just a, it, it, during the recap, it showed a scene from dead in the water. So mm. that's not a mention. I don't know why I wrote mention. Reference? I don't know. Sure. Callback? Whatever. My next note is, that gun looks crazy. Because, oh, I forgot to mention, uh, not only an EMF, but she grabs like a, like a gun. Or, I think it's like a salt gun, but like, it looks fucking crazy. It, it looks, looks like a shotgun, it, but, like, on crack. It, it definitely looks a little bit more like like a Nerf gun. Yeah. But, like, made of metal and stuff. But, like, the way it functions, it looks like you pull, like, the the barrel and, like, you know, like a, like a Nerf gun that doesn't have, like, a trigger. But, like, one that you would use to, like, shoot softballs at someone. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's for salt. Um, yeah, because she uses it against a ghost. But it, it was kind of weird looking. It was really weird looking. I had a lot of questions. Then I have that she just got her heart ripped out literally. I was going to make some sort of snarky remark about it not being, like, figuratively, but literally. But I I didn't. Mm-hmm. So, then I have... I have a lot of quotes in my notes uh, today. 
Our first one is, I just got groped by an angel. And that's, Dean Winchester says that. And I went, wow, thanks, Dean. Groped is just a really strong choice of words, in my opinion. My, then I have season four Sam's hair whippies are the most iconic. We had a little discussion about this during the episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think that the length that Sam's hair is in season four is like, I think it's the most iconic Sam hair. Yeah, no, this is, this is probably when people think of Sam. This is probably like Like, the look. I like earlier Sam hair better. I think it's cuter. But, but this is this is definitely the one that people think of because people remember seasons four and five best for sure. Right, because they're the better seasons. Yes, yeah. Then I have another quote from Dean. It says, "Because why me?" I was going to continue the thought process in my notes there, but then I moved on. But I'll discuss it a little bit now because mm-hmm. um, we also discussed it a little bit while we were recording. Um, that line could be a lot more potent. If it weren't for the fact that they went on to make Dean and Sam, like, the chosen ones. The (laughs) most chosen ones to ever chosen one. Like, all of heaven and hell have just been waiting for Mary and John Winchester to have two kids. They needed them to bone so bad. Well, I think that's part of, like, a plot at at some point, isn't it? Like, is it next episode, basically, where they're like... Where they're like, wow, here's why John and Sa- John and Mary needed to get together. I'm so curious. And I, we are going to just binge the Winchester. We're not going to do, like, an in-depth deep dive. Unless, like, for some reason we watch episode two and are like, we have to do this. I don't see us doing a deep dive of the Winchesters. But I am very curious if they're going to, like, explore that at all for them. Because it's very, like... See, the weird thing about the Winchesters is they then retcon john from being just like some dude to also being a man of letters are you serious do you not remember his dad went missing and they found information about him in a room he was a man of letters oh my god so mary is from this long long line of hunters supposedly well i knew that and john is now also a man of letters meaning they're from two huge hunting legacies and something had to happen to john where he got fucking brain blasted or something to forget i can't stand this show (laughs) that's so bad why are we here and then and then so like the it's these two hunting legacy family it couldn't just be like these are two guys it's like no like these two have to fuck and their sons are the perfect vessels to start the apocalypse like i don't know i don't know i don't know it doesn't work i understand what they're doing and it just i don't love chosen one stories and i don't think it works because like they don't do anything interesting with it particularly either i guess the most interesting thing they do is that Dean technically rejects Michael, but, like, then they have a backup vessel. They have Adam. So it's just like, okay. Adam. I don't know. I don't really like that aspect (laughs) of this show. Um, I don't know how to really fix it other than, like, like, I don't think necessarily, maybe they could have been something like, well, they're not, like, born for this. They just happen to be, like, Things in their life lined up in a way. Yeah, through their upbringing. Yeah, like, less they were born for this and more just, like, the circumstances of their life resulted in 
this because of is, the way that john reacted and because of yeah. the way they were ra- like you know maybe that could have been something better but yeah it i just it feel it it feels like it points in the beginning i don't know how to word this they put in these lines where it is just like these are just two guys but then the further you in you go you're like well they're not just two guys right <laughs> they're like the most important two guys ever and the hunting- they are they're not just two guys they're the two guys they then raise the next god. Like, I don't know how to express. Stop, like, I can't. <laughs> they are the two most important dudes in, like, the universe. They're literally the men ever. It's, it's so strange. Because it's, like, a mix of them wanting to kind of almost have them be, like, not every man. But I feel like there's some aspects of them where it's supposed to be like, oh, they're very relatable in some ways. I don't think they're that relatable. But you they're know what not. I mean. And, like, that's kind of at sometimes the vibe that I feel like they're trying to go through. Like, this relatable American masculine man kind of vibe. Right. But, like, they're not. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's, <sighs> it's, a, weird, it's a weird situation they wrote themselves into. Hell yeah this show man um my next note is another quote dean when have i ever forgotten the pie um and i i wrote some iconic some iconic why did i say like that some iconic quotes in this episode i just i had fun with the quotes in this episode but also i at first thought i was like lol that's like a callback haha because like he technically forgot the pie when he got fucking demon kidnapped back in season two but also then it was not a callback it was like a foreshadowing so that wasn't as fun in my opinion but whatever i just it's fascinating how much like a character mentioning they like food like once or like twice will make that the like only defining character trait (laughs) yeah of them because then i have Oh no, guys, he forgot the pie. Yeah. Which is so sad. Bro, this lady's chest is straight up torn open. It's my next oh, we're note. We're still there, Jesus Christ. Don't worry, this is about halfway through my notes. I didn't take too many. Okay, cool. Then I have so much blood going on in this episode, because there was a lot of blood in this episode. When they find the, the, the guy who's dead, Bobby's like, yeah, they redecorated lots of red. And I was like, wow. Awesome. Disney's haunted mansion ass wallpaper in Bobby's place because yes. sometimes shit. you look around Bobby's place and you're like, when was this place originally decorated? <laughs> I truly because, need to know because everything is so like run down and old. But you're like, it it's can't be that old, can it? It's literally crazy. Like it looks like Victorian sometimes. It's, yeah, and you're like no way, man. You're like. Bobby? Like, what is your fashion sense? Did he really spend the time wallpapering the place? I doubt it. Yeah, probably not. But also, maybe. 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 Man, not only ghost kids, ghost twins is my next note, which was very exciting for me personally. Then I have another quote, this one time from Meg, when she said, This is what I looked like before that demon cut off my hair and dressed me like a slut. And I wrote, oh, she's mad, mad. <laughs> oh, God. Um, because that is the thing that Meg says. Uh, and also, we were like, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, it's wild. Like, I don't think the, 
I don't think the other, the I don't think, what's her name, Lisa? No. Who's the person from the beginning? Olivia. I was mm-hmm. like, what's her name? Like, she's only on screen for like 30 seconds and then she dies. It's amazing how there was one like quote unquote minor female character in this episode and she somehow managed to to slut shame someone. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> she slut she slut shamed someone who's not even there and also isn't even a human. It it's so that's we, awesome. We talked about it in like this would never have been okay. Like it's not acceptable. Uh, but it did show that Meg uh, was initial like Meg the human was much more conservative than Meg the demon because you yeah. look at Meg the demon and she was not dressed scantily, even for like. Acknowledging the fact that this is 2008, she was just kind of like she had some shirts that were like midriff bearing and not like a crop top way, just kind of like in the early 2000s. It shows like a little bit of your tummy because low rise jeans were like the thing, so like you know, just you mm-hmm. see a little bit of the tummy, and like it was just like, oh, you're you were significantly more conservative because like that, it was just like okay. Yeah. She, like, wasn't even showing, like, her shoulders most of the time. She wore lots right? of jackets. Like, what are you talking about? But she was actually relatively covered up. She wore a lot of jackets and long pants. She wore jackets and long pants, and all I can think of was it was the it was the fact that some of her, her stomach was showing. This Justin, short hair makes you a slut. <laughs> I am a slut. <laughs> um, oh, did you mention awesome. her line that was really good in your notes? Um... I perhaps if it's the next one I wrote maybe <laughs> let me know um because my next note is you know how little siblings are no okay well I wrote Meg you can't just say that um real oh wait oh and then wait no then my next note is 50 lines of latin sooner and I'd still be alive is that, that line the one? was good that line was really good I liked that line it I thought was, that was crazy because the whole time she's talking to Dean um which it was interesting how they chose, I feel like they do this a lot, it's it's interesting how they choose, like, who talks to which character to, like, bring up their grief. It happened in the, um, the Seven Sins episode as well. Mm-hmm. Because I think, I don't remember, did, did, did Dean push Meg or not? I can't remember i don't really can't but because they chose victor for sam and i actually uh think sam not sam i think well sam had a closer relationship with meg and i actually think dean was the one who had a conversation with victor about how victor was like divorced and like guys like them don't get to have like a picket fence and correct yes but like dean didn't really talk oh wait no well i guess they did talk to i like Later in the episode, Dean talked to Victor and um, Sam talked to Meg. But, like, Yeah, I just feel like they first, had more time with the other person. Right. In that first, like, I feel like they had Meg go to Dean first because she's a woman. That's fair. Um, they, they're really weird about Dean and woman, and they're going to continue to be weird about it. They're sometimes weird about it with Sam, but Sam gets, like, a much, like, 
I don't want to say nicer until he's, I think it's because they were holding on to it and not holding on to it. They didn't know this was going to happen. Really, the only time they get really weird about Sam and women, from what I remember, is uh, uh, when he's soulless. And that's almost supposed to be Mm -hmm. like, well, now he's more like Dean. He fucks so many bitches. But yeah, sometimes they can, like, sleazy guys exist. But I feel like sometimes it's, like, so on the nose with Dean. And it's just like, oh, my God. I agree. Yeah. Um, even in this episode, it's not part of my notes, but in Bobby's panic room, there's, like, a sexy woman post. She's not even, like, she's just, like, a girl in a bathing suit. I think and... she was. I think it is in the trivia section, like, who she is, though. Oh, really? Yeah, hold on. Do-do-do. The photographic poster that hangs on the wall of Bobby's panic room is by actress and model Bo Derek, one of the most prominent personalities in 1980s media, when she won the title of Woman Note 10. Okay, so it's, like makes sense for bobby to have it yeah i have no idea what the fuck woman note 10 is. (laughs) i don't either and they didn't it's like not capitalized in a way that makes sense yeah huh anyway um i'm gonna continue with my notes while you while you look at this my next note is really important to me personally i wrote bobby is literally king shit no and no one gives him enough credit these boys would not be alive without him Mm -hmm. which i know like like spoiler alert bobby fucking dies but like and they do survive i guess but also like are you kidding me bobby's the best i love him so much and nobody gets it i mean i think people get it there's like a lot of content out there because i have like dug around when we've done these podcasts like in the ao3 tag there's like a decent amount of content and head cannons where just like bobby raises the boys instead that's awesome that's awesome like i think people acknowledge it but he does like objectively when you think about how long the show ends up running he dies in the first half of it yeah like the thing is if bobby had raised the boys because i think while bobby is a hunter and he does do like active shit like he goes out and does hunts he has a home base he has a home base and i feel like is at the home base more often than not he 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 does significantly less hunting than like and we don't know when this transition was because we do briefly meet his partner at one point but i do think like really see and this would be this would have been interesting to see like we don't tend to see from what i can remember other hunters who were raised on the road right were raised at all like aside from i guess mary who was in a hunter family but even then it's like she was raised in a house in a town the boys were literally raised in motels because john sucks john fucking sucks I, I mean, the, the show does acknowledge that, and it's wild because I know they acknowledge it much later. I think that they're still, for a very long time, trapped in this cycle. And I'm so curious how much of them bringing back Mary was so they could go, actually, we have now acknowledged that John was abusive. And I'm bringing this up because I saw a gift set of it from, like, season 12 the other day on my dash, and I had never seen it before, of mary being told by some women who i have never seen before a day in my life that john was abusive after it was like compared to a scene of her and dean and she was like he was a good dad and dean is just kind of like kind of smiles awkwardly 
Oh my god. So I, I am curious, like, you know, like, there's, like, a lot of questions. Like, there are probably hunters with other kids. We don't see that. Right. I don't actually know if there's, like, a super... Well, I mean... Like... I know that, um... Garth, which... Wait, Garth, no, not yes. Garth. Well, yeah, Garth. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, it's a long, long way down the road, but he gets turned into a fucking werewolf or something. And then he has, like, a little family with, he, like, gets a girl and they have kids. Yeah, but, like, is he raising them to be hunters? I don't know if there's a way we can, like, ethically be raising children to be hunters. I don't think so. I, I was I thinking, don't I don't know if we've talked about th- this, but it could be fun in, like, a... I think we did. I think we talked about it with Sam in, like, the rewrite sense of, like, if we had gone in a way that John went off and, like, left them with somebody and they were not raised to be hunters and, like, they were sheltered, at least Sam was, and then John goes missing and... That's... That... We talked about it because that was the original concept for the show, that Sam did not know about the supernatural. What the fuck? We've talked about that. That was... It's in the pilot. The That's original pilot was when Dean comes to find Sam. This Sam, um, when Dad goes missing, when Dad goes missing, when John goes missing, when, when Dad goes missing. Um, that's the first. That was originally the first time that Sam learned about the supernatural, and they ended up that changing it been so, so awesome. Sam grew up in the hunter lifestyle too. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Okay. So I'm not crazy. We did talk about it, but I just have We've no talked about it, yeah. It, it's... That would have... That would have been so good. I think that would have been awesome. It would have been a very different show, but it would have been interesting. I think it would have been awesome. <laughs> it's also, like... I think what... I, I hate to go back to the Winchesters, especially since it was cancelled and not, like, finished at season one, which makes me wonder how the hell did it... I mean, I know how it ends. We both know how it ends. I'm very confused, though, since we haven't watched it, how it, like, is supposed to connect and what is considered, spoilers for the Winchesters, canon and what right. isn't. I'd love to know. I guess we have to watch it and figure that out. Yeah, we'll worry about that when we're, like, three drinks in sometime or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, back to my notes. Your notes, yeah, your notes. Um, this one is a you thing I wrote down. Um, I wrote rewrite note consistency in Sam's religious beliefs. Oh my god, yeah. So they talk about it a little bit again in this in this episode. How like Sam believes in God and angels, and he doesn't have a problem like accepting that into his worldview because he's already a devout Christian. And this actually came up in the reviews. Someone mentions it. Uh, oh. It was like it's established before that Dean has faith issues, but Sam's a strong believer. Ironic that it is Dean who gets saved by angels while Sam was supposed to be the boy king of the demon army. And like that is interesting, but they aren't consistent with it in the way mm-hmm. that we only see Sam being religious in a few episodes. And I think it's mostly just in the episode where there the priest ghost thing happens yeah and i don't need them to be like really a lot with sam's faith it doesn't have to be constant it doesn't have to be like 
the most. He doesn't need to constantly be pulling out a Bible or quoting it or anything like <laughs> that. That would be like pretty that. fucking awesome. <laughs> um, well, Dean, like, as Leviticus says in 1588, <laughs> you know, love thy neighbor. But like, they <laughs> don't think any of that was remotely <laughs> close to correct. Um, it it would be nice if they had been a little bit more consistent with like mentioning it and not even mentioning it a lot like we could just have more scenes in the hotel where we see like maybe just like in the background or just we cut in and we just see like the end of sam praying or there is a christmas episode there is zero mention of jesus like christmas is a very important christian holiday so like you would think that somehow this would be part of it and i think that like the, the thing is, it is interesting. Hey, update. For, huh? Hey, update. Yeah? I don't think there's such thing as Levit- Leviticus 1588. Um, <laughs> You're there, just saying words. Yeah, but there is Leviticus 15. And uh-huh. in Leviticus 15, um, it talks about sperm. So. <laughs> so. You got it in one. <laughs> I got it in one. Love thy neighbor. <laughs> um what i was going to say is i just think that it's it's it is an interesting concept it's like a little bit on the nose but it's it is interesting for this for sam to be the devout quote unquote like he appears to be the good brother right like dean had like gives into his sins and all that and he doesn't believe in god but he's the one saved by angels he's the true vessel of michael and even though sam presents as what would be considered more of a good christian he is lucifer's true vessel and you could have interesting if very pointed commentary about christianity that they are not willing to really have in there i think that it it does this concept a disservice to only mention Sam being religious a a few times in this show before we actually meet the angels? Because Mm -hmm. we do see, I know this for a fact, we see Sam praying to Castiel at one point a lot more Mm -hmm. than Dean. Because there is this whole long section of Sam praying to Cass, praying to Cass. Cass is not showing up. And then Dean is just like, yo, Cass. And Cass immediately (laughs) shows up. And I swear to God, at one point, Sam is even like, I've been praying to you and you haven't answered. And Cass is just like, nope. Sorry. Cass is like, sorry, but you're not Dean. (laughs) That to me, that to me doesn't count as, that's not the same. Because... it, I I have done a lot of like reading on different pantheons and religions, both fictional and ones that like real life humans practice, right? Right. And to me, one of the differences is a lot of fictional religions um, will have the characters have some sort of like proof, like they will meet the gods. And that kind of, for me, removes an aspect of religion of, like, faith. I'm not religious, so this is all from an outside perspective. So the difference for once once they meet the angels is when they are praying to Cass, they know Cass is real. Right. Like, you can't... I don't consider, like, Sam praying to Castiel being a sign of faith because it's just him making a phone call and Cass isn't picking up. Right. You know, it's not the same as like not knowing if God exists, but still like praying to him and believing in him. Mm-hmm. And I think that 
I think that it would have um, better established Sam as that, like, devout Christian that they want us to think he is if, like, we saw that more. We saw him just, like, praying. Maybe we see a Bible in his luggage. Maybe we see a cross somewhere. I don't know. And it's, like, totally okay if he's not a devout Christian, right? Like, I don't... Who gives a shit? He can be, like, a much more casual one. But the way it comes across now is it's almost like he only prays to God when something has gone horribly wrong. Right. Which is fine. I'm not saying that's the wrong way to be religious. I'm saying for this arc of Sam is the good Christian who is very devout and believes in all of this, but he is a demon and, like, Lucifer's true vessel compared to someone who's who's struggling with their faith, who doesn't believe in any of this and is still the chosen child or whatever. It doesn't work as well if it looks like Sam is just kind of only reaching to for faith when something has gone wrong. I think you have a stronger story if you do it the other way. Right. That's all. I say after five minutes. That's okay. Content. Um, (laughs) I have never done anything, uh, any research on religion, or pantheons, despite the fact that I was raised religious and went to Sunday school, so mm. I don't know shit or fuck. That's what my final and remember not so. <laughs> oh, fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ! I just opened Pokemon Go. There's a lot of this one creature. I told you it's Timber Community Day. They weren't kidding. These little guys got a lot of timber. They have so much of it. Uh, They're just all hanging out. Where the fuck is my phone even right now? This is fun. Oh, my phone is charging. Anyway, properly rise and ghost. Or purposely rise and ghost. So, the thing about this uh, particular um, seal is that they're... uh, Are you going to talk about the witnesses or anything during lore? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, so I'll just mention it. They're called, like, the witnesses. Uh, and they were purposely risen. So, like, somebody, I think Lilith, right? Yeah, it was Lilith. Um, summoned them from, from the afterlife or whatever. And I was like, hmm, is that necromantic or not? Like, if it hadn't been Lilith who did it. Is I that think so. considered well, necromancy? Or is necromancy just, like, more, is, is that more only, like, corporeal like skeletons and zombies and bodies and stuff well if you look up necromancy on just like the dictionary or wikipedia um necromancy is the supposed practice of communicating with the dead especially in order to predict the future or from wikipedia the practice of magic involving communication with the dead by summoning their spirits as apparitions or visions for the purpose of divination imparting the means to foretell events future events and discover hidden knowledge so, so that's a little bit different than what you usually think which is a lot of like zombie stuff um, well i think i when i think necromancy i think like fantasy wizard spell like necromancy. yeah and that, a lot of that is like skeletons and stuff but i think that this would still count because a lot of this is like conjuring the dead talking to the right, get right, dead right. so it doesn't necessarily mean like anything corporeal it could That's... literally just be like, yo, dogs, are you here with, like, a seance? <laughs> yo, dogs. That's awesome. I love so, that. So, like, the seance they they do, seances, Ouija boards, all that would be considered necromancy, I think. That is so fun. 
We learn new things every day, folks. Necromancy is real. My next note is another quote, but this one is sad. I have the quote from Dean when Bobby's like, yeah, the apocalypse. Dean says, like, $5 gallon of gas apocalypse. And Taya Taya and I both went, oh, no. We went, that's not very fun or cool, Dean. That's our reality. that (laughs) (laughs) That one sucks. Like, I don't care about demons walking the earth or fucking ghosts coming back. Like, I don't give a shit. $5 gallons of gas? That's reality, bitch. Fuck that me. That sucks. It's, it's, it's tough out here. It Especially sucks. since we're both, we both live in areas where, like, it, public transport is not an option. Yeah. It is, which is the case for a lot of U.S. America. And it's expensive. You can't just hop on a bus. That's so expensive. Ugh. And we're both adults who, like, pay for our own gas. <laughs> Ugh. Awful. Mm, then I have... Bobby's... Okay. I hated this part of the episode. Bobby said opium, and my brain went, opium? And then Dean went, opium? <laughs> um, I hate our likeness. I hate every time that this happens, and it happens so often that I say something and then Dean says the same thing or whatever. I hate it. I truly, I truly can't stand it. Um, mm-hmm. anyway, the blue filter was awesome. JK, <sighs> do better. <laughs> when the, when they do the spell to, like, make them go away, uh-huh. the, they throw the stuff into the fire, and then the flame goes blue, and then there's, like, a blue filter over fucking everything. It's miserable. It's miserable. It and, doesn't like, look good. Bobby gets, like, thrown to the ground or something. <laughs> it was awesome. In not the in not a real in not a real way, it was anti awesome. Dean Winchester says hip. Um, when Cass shows up and mm-hmm. Cass like makes a comment, Dean's like, "You were hip to all of this," and Taya and I both went, "Hip." <laughs> I mean, yeah, hip. Hip. He's hip. Okay, this one. This is a talking point. I, in my opinion. Oh, okay. So, okay. I am ashamed, this is my note, it says, I am ashamed of myself and the urge to view any scene with Cass and Dean through a Destiel lens. <laughs> I mean, I... I mean, like, the issue is, like, that is absolutely something we can do, but it's like, should we? Because, right. like, the answer is no. Yeah, because I, I, especially at this point, it was, anything that does happen is a thousand percent accidental. Right. Well, I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm thinking about tropes, you know? I'm thinking about fanfic. I'm thinking about, thinking about tropes. I'm thinking... Uh-huh. I'm thinking not, oh my god, Destiel is canon, but I'm thinking, why did people want Destiel so bad? And uh-huh. the answer is, guys, I think it's enemies to lovers. <laughs> because, holy shit, I didn't remember, like, I don't remember... I have never rewatched season four of Supernatural. Uh-huh. I, I know that I've rewatched season one before we watched it together for this. Yeah. And I know I think I might have rewatched season two. I have never rewatched season four. I have not rewatched, like, any of the early cast stuff. I don't mm-hmm. remember it. So I didn't remember that cast was, like, high key kind of antagonistic at first. Yeah, they're not friends. They're not friends. He just kind of comes around and is like, hey. He's like, hey, you're stupid. <laughs> I'll put you back in hell. I'll do it. And like 
I think it's enemies to lovers. Maybe a little bit. They're they're enemies for so little that like you know. Yeah, but it still counts. Yeah. All right. And fair enough. I like. I wasn't. I didn't watch Supernatural as it aired back at this point. I was what is this? Two thousand five. I was seven. <laughs> um. Two thousand eight. Yeah. Two thousand eight. Okay, so I was maybe I was going on ten. Um. Mm-hmm. I wasn't watching Supernatural. I was, was I, yeah. I was too busy watching Ghost Hunters and Forensic Files, like a normal nine-year-old. Yeah, I can't say the same. I think I was watching Wizards of Waverly Place. Well, I was also watching Wizards of Waverly Place. Oh, yeah. But also the other things. Um, but anyway, I, dig- I digress. Um, if, if there's anyone out there who's hearing me talk about this and it's like, no, I, I watched Supernatural... And was like, I was a Destiel before Destiel. Please tell me your take. If you remember what it was like back in season four in 2008, mm-hmm. and you remember what it was like watching this and going, I think that these fuckers should kiss, let me know. I'm so yeah, curious. Like, one of the reasons that I don't feel like confident in what I think of it is because I knew about Cass before I started the show. Right! I started the show and I was like, where the fuck is the angel guy? Oh my god. Literally. Like, I need I need to know. I bet I could find essays. I bet I could find scholarly essays. Yeah, it, and, like, that's an issue with, like, now. You can't really find someone who doesn't know about Destiel before they've watched Supernatural. Right. So, like, you're, I mean, maybe if someone's completely off the internet. Because, like, I feel like Destiel is so big that, like, you might not know anything about Supernatural, but you probably know something about Destiel. Yeah. And <sighs> so, like, you're gonna go in with that expectation of, oh, these are the guys, one of them went to Super Hell. God, this show's crazy. It is. Um, then my last and final note is a, another quote, but this one, t- this time from Taya, who, as we're watching, exclaims, "Are those boot cuts?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It was so funny. It was so funny. I was right. Yeah, you were right. It was just really fucking funny. Sam has like a little flare on his jeans. <laughs> hey, I just. I just found an awesome Reddit post. What did you find? I was trying to find, I was looking up Desti, I was trying to see if I could find like a quick scholarly essay about Destio. I found a Reddit post from r slash Destiel, which is awesome. There's actually five online right now, so that's cool. Great. Hi! Hi, guys! This post is from three years ago, and it says, Analysis of Gay Subtext in Season 4, Part 1. Okay. This is awesome. Can I read some to you? Yeah. Okay, so this is from Reddit user Zane the Idiot. Thanks, dude. So, the first note for- for, I'm gonna read from episode two. Um, the first note is- 
the title of this episode is Are You There, God? It's Me, Dean Winchester. This uh-huh. is a reference to the book Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, a coming-of-age book about a girl going through puberty who falls in love with a boy yes. for the first time. The oh, book okay, also talks about questions of religion and faith from multiple perspectives, but the main I plot is actually more about puberty and sexual awakening. Dean is directly placed in the position of Margaret, an 11-year-old girl who prays to God about her crush on a boy in her class, who she ends up kissing. In season three, the main villain was Lilith, who inhabited the body of a little girl. Since Dean associates homosexuality with weakness and femininity, I posed that Lilith is a metaphor for Dean being unable to overcome his sexual desires and fearing that they will send him to hell. But this this reference to Margaret puts Dean in a very new position. The idea of nurturing and embracing his femininity rather than killing it. This sets the tone for Dean's internal character development this season. He's been saved from hell by the very thing he was afraid would cause him to go to hell in the first place. A homosexual love interest. Uh-huh. In this season, we see Dean becoming vulnerable, emotional, and intimate with Castiel. We okay. see him start to believe he is worthy of salvation. Dean is learning to open himself up to love. I just don't know if that... the. I understand where, like, here's the thing. I can't. Oh, this is so hard to talk about. Okay, hey. so, like, it's so hard because, like, it was like even even <sighs> what'd you say four years ago? Uh, this is from. Yeah, it says three years ago. So this was posted on Febu- in February 2021. Okay, so that. Okay, this is post finale then. Yes. So. I think one of the reasons, and we talked about this last week, and that's why this epi- these episodes are so long, is because it's really hard to talk about early seasons of Supernatural in a post-November 5th, 2020 world. God. Because it recontextualizes everything, but at the same time, I don't think it necessarily should. And that's what I said last week. I still believe very firmly that at least for the first five seasons we're gonna we're gonna stay for now a conservative the first five seasons because that's how many seasons they originally thought they were gonna get i think anything with the dean and Cass that you think this is this i think that is fully queer baiting if intentional at all (laughs) they have scrolled them through this (laughs) and i think that it's hard and this is one of the reasons so i we're gonna talk about something else real quick I've watched BBC Sherlock, and I understand where John Locke shippers come from, and I was one of them. I was never into TJLC, but having watched some of those videos when I was in college, and I still go back to them because they're fascinating from, like, an anal- like from where this analysis is coming from. And for a lot of these people where this analysis is coming from, it's like really, really, really wanting representation and thinking maybe I have it here, but it's just like queer baiting, queer baiting showrunners who kind of hate you, but like you can read, the thing is, (laughs) you can read a lot of stuff into everything. And it's like, I can always see where these people are coming from, right? Like, I can kind of see it, but I don't think that was, like, the intent. And you can go on and on and on about, like, authorial intent and does it actually matter. And it doesn't always. But I don't think you should give any credit to the writers for this stuff early on and say, like, 
Yeah. They gave, they were, they were trying to do this the whole time because I don't think that's the case. Yeah. Um, yeah. Real I don't shit. think that they were trying to. I don't think that this is, I don't think Destiel is like a win for the gays. It's objectively, in cons- 2020. Destiel's lose for the gays. Was yeah. a step back. Like, being realistic, there's still a very far way to go in terms of representation. Destiel is objectively a step back. So true. Yeah. Like, that is not, like, because that, that's the thing. We've talked about this, I think. I don't know if we've talked about it on here, but I've talked about it with, I think, you and other people. Like, it, it was, like, you can, I, we can see how much things have changed in, like, the past 10 years. We have visibly seen on TV more queer characters. Like, when we were in high school, the idea that Yuri on Ice could potentially be gay was so unfathomable that most people thought Victor was simply evil or dying. That's incredible. Like, I remember this. And that was 2016-ish. I was not- I didn't watch Yuri on Ice. I, Nella and I talked about this because Nella thought he was evil and I thought it was queer baiting. That's awesome. That's I love that. <laughs> At least I'm pretty sure that was Nella. But like that's what I like I so like part of me is like I do kind of get why we're like reading so much into it, but like I don't think we should give the showrunners credit for it. I would agree fully. Especially because any like on screen chemistry that Misha and Jensen have, like Lots of people have chemistry on screen. So true. Sometimes they just, like, happen to act well together. Like, plenty of people read into stuff way too much. Right. So, like, I don't know. I I get it. I get where they're coming from. There is an appealing storyline here for a a gay relationship. That's just not what they wrote. Even with the confession. That's not what they wrote. Three minutes and 30 seconds. Dean says, look, all I know is I was not dot 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 groped by an angel. He went there. Note. So far, Dean's gaydar has been impeccable. Season 3, episode 8. Season 3, episode 13. He seems to have the ability to recognize gay men on sight up to this point. Castiel is canonically gay. Dean probably realized this when they first met. That's the thing. 32 minutes, 32 seconds. The ghost says, I'm going to eat you alive. Dean says, come on, I'm not a cheeseburger. In season five, episode 14, we find out that Castiel loves cheeseburgers. This isn't actually important. I just thought it was funny. (laughs) So much. That's hello. That's reaching. It's just like, it's like, here's the thing. That's the same thing with TGLC. The reason I haven't finished those videos is because you're watching and you're just going, it's i feel bad i don't know what tglc is oh it's the john Locke conspiracy oh okay it's basically for people who don't know it was basically this idea that everything in bbc sherlock was leading to john and sherlock being together like the entire thing is supposed to lead to them being canonically like in a relationship and a lot of it, like, there's there's this absolutely fascinating, like, there's a lot of, like, really deep analysis. And honestly, it is interesting from, like, a perspective of analysis as someone who likes to analyze things. But it's also, like, you have gone so deep into something that quite literally isn't there. That's so it's, okay. like, a little, it's, it's kind of fascinating. But there's, like, this entire theory called, like, the drink theory, where just, like, 
different drinks mean different things. So, like, drinking tea means, like, one thing. I can actually probably find it. Means you're fucking British. (laughs) They are British. (laughs) Drinking tea means you're a fucking Brit. I can't find it right now. But it's, like, one of them is, like, adding milk to your drink uh, means something else. But, like, tea is, like, and one thing is, like, a missed encounter and all that stuff. And it's just, like, this level of deep, deep analysis (laughs) in service of kind of almost nothing. 38 minutes, 57 seconds. The two men have been moving progressively closer to each other, one step forward at a time. In this moment, Castiel steps right up in Dean's face, and Dean's eyes glance down at Cass's lips. If Castiel were played by a woman, the audience would expect them to kiss. All the signs are there, two people alone in the dark, under the light of the moon, edging slowly closer to each other, glancing at their lips. I do have to say that there was this very funny Tumblr post, and this is not necessarily true for um, this because the characters in Supernatural do stand pretty close together all the time. But it, it was this very funny post. It's like, sometimes people need to realize the characters are standing close to each other because they both need to be in frame. So <laughs> true. Which is much more true for, like, old Star Trek. But, like, it's also canon that it's not necessarily that Cass, like, wants to be close to Dean. Cass, like, is completely unaware of physical boundaries because he's an angel. And that is a canonical thing that, like, I'm pretty sure also sometimes happens to Sam. Because I remember scenes of Dean being like, Cass, personal space. Come on, buddy. He just appears, like, right on top of them. Yes! <laughs> it's, like, not so they'll much be a facing, They'll be facing forward and he shows up and is, like, an inch... <laughs> facing them but an inch from their face yeah like it's not necessarily a gay thing it's more of just like one of the ways they're trying to show that he's like not really aware of actually Taya, i think it might be a gay thing because i'm gay and i also struggle with personal boundaries that's fantastic. that or it's a neurodivergent <laughs> okay got it i just wanted to let you know that i found the drink code awesome and Does i wanted tea to mean they're you. british I wanted to read you some of them, what they mean. Like, people did, like, deep analysis of every individual, like, I th- all think the scenes where people drink Here's something. what I think. Uh-huh. We should apply this to Supernatural. <laughs> they only drink beer. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, this is just, this is a very quick infographic, so it actually goes into way more detail. But this one says, tea, remember, they're British, yep. gay love. Help! Help me! No, that's so true, because when I drink tea, I think about how much I love my girlfriend. (laughs) Tea, gay love. Coffee, straight. Oh, that also makes so much sense, because I love coffee, and I'm straight. (laughs) Uh, Milk means there's a time limit to act specifically on, like, a relationship thing. Beer is friendship, parentheses bros. Oh my god. White wine is socializing slash harmless flirting. Red wine is romance for de- or desire for love. Champagne is a public acknowledgement of love. Vodka is a denial. Scotch is liquid courage. Sangria is cheapness. And brandy is bitterness or uncertainty. The ones <sighs> I remember people feeling strongest about were, in fact, things that had to do with, like, when people take milk in tea. Oh, Here's my the thing. God. This is completely unrelated to us and we're going so long. I just think it's it's easy to for me to look at some fandoms and how they react to certain things and go we're doing the same thing where we're deep analyzing stuff that isn't we're not 
I love analyzing things. I think we're drawing more from the text that's then that's then that's actually there. There are stories where like what characters drink at any given moment means something. I don't think that Sherlock is one of them. Mm-hmm. There are stories where a character saying like their favorite food and you know what he said like what am I a hamburger there are stories where that could be something this is not one of them especially so far apart it'd be one thing if it was like the same episode those so far apart so you're doing something like you're doing analysis to stuff that's not necessarily there I don't know what to do with it The only character who has even come close to this level of romantic tension with Dean was in season one, episode 13, and she was also named Cass. As a writer, I can promise you the entire writing staff did not forget the name of the woman Dean wanted to marry a year and a half ago. This is deliberate mirroring. No, they forgot. Season one, episode 13? Yeah. I don't even know who that is. Is that the- 666. Yeah, that's the racist episode. Her name was Cass? I don't remember. Her name remember. was Cassie. Yeah. I, here, here's the thing. I was going to say, again, I'm pretty sure it's like Cassandra. Again, I don't think this is intentional because Castiel is a, an angel name that appears in other texts and Cass was not meant to be a main character. Cass, like... No matter what you want to say, we know for a fact Castiel was not meant to be a main major character. That's because there was such good feedback from the audience about him. So this sort of thing can't be, like, deliberate. Yeah. Their names just happen to both have casts in them. Yep. That one is coincident. Here's the also, thing. It would be a show very sucks. interesting coincidence. It, it also sucks. It, it it would be an interesting coincidence. It could be something to say. It's just not one here. And we don't have to pretend it is. We can just be like, yeah, that's interesting. But, you know. Right? <laughs> yeah. This show's anyway, crazy. Um, that's all my notes. So, um... Ten years later. <laughs> ten years later. Okay. I'm gonna it's talk- time for Taya's lore library. <laughs> So quick. We're going to talk so quick. We've talked about so many things today. It's gone completely off the rails. That's okay. That's what the show's about. You're right. We're going to talk about witnesses real quick. So these ghosts are witnesses. They basically follow all the ghost rules except for an error that is pointed out in the wiki page, which I also noticed. Um, So Dean drops an iron chandelier on Meg and she should be trapped because that's how this works. They can't go over these things. That's why it's okay for like salt to be on the ground, even if ghosts can kind of fly. You know, like, they can't (laughs) step over it. An iron chandelier Dean shot from the ceiling was circular, so since it came down directly on Meg Masters, she, as a ghost, should have remained trapped in its center until the spell was broken. Instead, she was still able to move about freely and bedevil Bobby and the brothers. Bedevil is a great word. But the point is here, all the ghosts are pretty much just ghosts, except for that one, which is just a mistake. That's, like, they just wanted Meg around again, and that's just right. a mistake. They're just vengeful spirits, basically. Yeah, so they are, it's called the Rising of the Witnesses. It is one of the 66 seals, and it is potentially a reference to the seven seals in Book of Revelation, um, which I'm going to read directly from the from the seven seals uh, Wikipedia page, because I don't know enough about 
Christianity, and I actually, I follow a few, a few people online who, like, talk about, like, fundamentalism who may have been previously fundy or just, like, are religious, and a lot of them, like, what they do know about Revelation is, like, a little bit vague, so I don't think it's something that, like, even some Christians are super familiar with, so I'm just gonna read it. The seven seals of God from the Bible's book of Revelation are the seven symbolic seals that secure the book or scroll that John of Patmos saw in an apocalyptic vision. The opening of the seals of the document occurs in Revelations chapter 5 through 8 and marks the second coming of the Christ and the beginning of the apocalypse slash revelation. Upon the Lamb of God slash Lion of Judea, that's Jesus, opening a seal on the cover of the book slash scroll, a judgment is released or an apocalyptic event occurs. The opening of the first four seals releases the four horsemen, each with his own specific mission. That's war, death, Pestilence. Pestilence. And famine. Famine. Yeah, I was like, one of these is different in Good Omens, and it's it's um, pollution. Mm. <laughs> you know, the sixth seal prompts plagues, storms, and other cataclysmic events. The seventh seal cues seven angelic trumpeters who in turn cue the seven bold judgments and more cataclysmic events. So the book only being opened by the lion slash lamb, Sam and Dean are the ones who do both the the first seal and the last seal technically to start the apocalypse great fucking job guys <laughs> so like there is some sort of weird jesus stuff with them um it gets muddled because they both come back from the dead so often but there's so they try so many different like allusions to characters and religious figures that it gets confusing and messy but because last week we were talking about G- dean being lazarus of bethany it's it's hard to get through and it doesn't really matter right now. I do want to let you know that the Supernatural Wiki does have a page on Jesus Christ. <laughs> if you were curious, his status is deceased. <laughs> um, awesome. He's also listed as a human under species and then in parentheses Messiah, which is curious huh. because I'm, do not quote me, I am not Christian. Generally, there's the idea of the Trinity, mm-hmm. right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Right. Where Jesus is God. And also a ghost. Yes. So I guess in Supernatural, he's not? That's awesome. Well, also in Supernatural, Hitler comes back. So there's a lot of things that happen. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. And then uh, the other thing that's interesting about the Jesus Christ page on Supernatural is because he never actually shows up in the show, which is probably for the best. I fucking wish... That would be wild, wouldn't it? That'd be awesome. But they do have appearances listed still. I and wish that Chuck had what... a son, just like a to- like, uh, like you know, like Full on Alchemist. Um, uh-huh. The, uh huh. The Fear Bradley has Salim. I wish uh-huh. that Chuck had like a little son, and we found out that that was Jesus. <laughs> that would be wild. The thing about the appearances page on the section of the Jesus Christ wiki page is that its its appearances are like image, indirectly mentioned, image, image in name oh, scene, mentioned awesome. only, mentioned only, image, mentioned in Latin, and then you scroll down, um, mentioned in song. Um, what? One of these says stained glass and mentioned. Like, did somebody go, I think, like... If you see Jesus, if someone says Jesus, it ends up on that p- this page. And that's kind of very funny. What is objectively funniest is that in season 15, I guess he's only mentioned once. 
That's awesome. Which is so weird. But anyway, that's all I have for uh, Does it pass the Bechdel test? Uh, n- no. Damn. Shame. It does not. It does not pass the Bechdel test. That's a shame. Well, um... What can you do about it? I bring you to crack shipping. Yes. Have I said Megan Ruby before? I can't remember, but I'm always down for it. All right, Megan Ruby. Uh, that's awesome. my crack ship. Brought to you by... Uh, this episode is brought to you by Lonely is the Night by Billy Squeer. I think it's Squire. Squire, I don't know. There's a lot of vowels. You're so right. Sorry for the page slipping noises. I am looking back through my notebook notes to see, just to see if I've mm-hmm. written Megan Ruby anywhere. But also I'm missing a full season, two two seasons of notes, so... Um, mm-hmm. I have Judas by Lady Gaga stuck in my head. Just nice. a fun fact. This is the longest episode of all time. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like episodes are going to get a lot longer now that Castiel's in the picture. I feel like we don't know how to shut up. We don't, and it's the best part. All right, my favorite thing on this wiki is the picture they've chosen for the episode. So if you go to the Are You There, God, It's Me, Dean Winchester wiki page on supernatural.fandom.com slash wiki... It is a picture of Bobby with the two ghost girls behind him. And it's so clearly a production photo and not like a screenshot of the show like it usually is because the lighting is very different. It's very, um, the lighting is much stronger and it has like a very strange effect where Bobby straight up looks like he is like a wax figure. It's so weird. I kind of love it. Very valid. Um, update in my notes that I have. I've never written Megan Ruby. I think because they haven't been in the same episode, in, in like an episode together yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm valid. Um, my favorite thing on the wiki no. is up at the very tippy top of the page in that little rectangle that says the episode details. This is ep- overall episode 62, and 62 is my favorite number. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Would you like yeah. to know my rating? I would. Okay, so I've rated this episode um, 5.61 Vengeful Spirits out of 10. Um, mm-hmm. Because this episode was just kind of, like, there for me. It was very average, but I've rated it slightly above average because ghosts. And I do love ghosts. That's fair. Yeah, the way I feel is I definitely feel like this was a drop from last week. Yeah, considerably. This episode just kind of happened. Um, I enjoyed seeing Meg. I enjoyed, like, the conversation that Meg and Dean had. Uh, Yeah, as much as I like the characters being guilted about those they couldn't save... It, for some reason, didn't emotionally hit me that much. Because they could have picked a much better representation of the emotional damage than fucking Ronald the Conspiracy Man. I, and, like, we felt bad for Ronald, but, like, I, I feel like, I feel like, I don't know, it just, it wasn't... Like, they could have brought one of the monsters, like, that fucking monster lady that Sam slept with. I feel like even Sam and Dean and even, like, Bobby, I felt, like, really felt it. But I feel like they're, like, Sam and Dean, like, Sam has a moment where he's like, well, we didn't save them. But, like, it didn't feel like they really had a moment where they were like, we we have failed lots of people. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it did not give me, like, the emotion I was really hoping for. But you know how it is. Yeah. Um, the IMDB rating for this episode is 8.5 stars. That's too 10. many. Uh, my favorite personal review, there's quite a lot of eights and nines and a few tens on here where people wrote stuff. My personal favorite is uh, from Shweta 
uh, Fabem. We've talked. We've seen Shweta before. Hi, Shweta. Hi, Shweta. And this is from June eleventh, twenty twenty, and it's called Ghosts of Past, and it's eight out of ten. Angry ghosts attack hunters. Dina's self-esteem issues. Castiel says something big is going down. Honestly, I am rewatching this and maybe being a bit unfair not rating it higher because I know the mystery and plot. I feel like it builds well. I can't remember much of the episode, though. That's awesome. I am a bit certain I have seen it. Rating this much more on the ghost, which had a presence, but didn't think it was too thrilling for a nine. This is so real. That's real shit. Because I was also watching it. Like, I know I saw this. I don't remember anything. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't remember anything. I like the person who's like, hey, why is Dean sleeping on the floor? That was funny. I would also love to know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were like, hey, he just got out of hell. But, like, I could also see him being like, Sammy, get on the fucking couch. So true. Big brother moment. Mm-hmm. This Someone said something that I do agree with, that the structure of this episode is a little bit clumsy and the pacing wasn't awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly because, like, they do just, like, go into a room and hang out for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't really have any conversation that's, like, they have the conversation, like, Victor, like, we didn't say Victor. But, like, it was still, like, uh, you know. Uh. <laughs> the lowest one that is rated here is a 6 out of 10. And it's the, it's somebody, somebody um, who gave it this lowest score because they misnamed one of the books. And it says the name of the book is The Revelation of Jesus Christ to John the Apostle. The only acceptable truncation is The Revelation. I immediately lose respect for writers of of Bible-themed fiction (laughs) who don't get this simple fact straight. Yeah, well, I actually uh, do know this. As they say in Leviticus 1588, um, (laughs) do not come or thy are sinning. I I do know this because I work for an audiobook company and we do do some Christian books and technically it is revelation and in this in this episode bobby says revelations but colloquially a uh, colloquially nope colloquially people do call it revelations and it, it, i'm sure different religious folk have different opinions on this but like colloquially that is what it's called sometimes we're just gonna let it pass like yeah. that is, i want to acknowledge it because it's the lowest one on the page but that is something people do just call it that isn't technically the proper name but it is what a lot of people even those who are religious tech sometimes call it so uh-huh. you know that they are incorrect that the technical official name is shortened to revelation but many people do say revelations out there in the world that's all i got so Say your shit. 57 years later. <laughs> Do you have anything else to add? Uh, no. All right. Thank you so much for listening to our longest episode in who knows how long. Uh, we are Hatrusa absolutely everywhere. You can like, comment, subscribe, follow, rate us, leave a review, and tell anyone you know. Because this this season is going to be this and the next season. It's going to be We're awesome. going to talk a lot more. We're going to talk about Destiel a lot. Such is life. Such is life. And we are more than happy to be like your little background noise, a little bit of white noise, just someone you put on when you need to get something done, but like you don't want to pay attention to it. And if you like know anyone who like kind of wants to know what's going on with Supernatural, but doesn't want to watch it, but like also has more time to spend on this than like (laughs) the show takes, we're here, you know, we're We're here. here. 
Mm -hmm. And uploading is going to be a little spotty because we have a weird amount of backlog right now, but I haven't finished editing things. So it's not going to be consistent when they're going up and there may or may not be an extra episode thrown up at some point. I don't think anyone cares. It's just more content for you. Exactly. Our lovely viewers. Viewer? There's nothing to view. Our lovely viewers. Okay. Hey, Taya. Hey, Haley. Are you ready to see just how much hit failure the Winchesters retconned? Oh, we have to watch the Winchesters. No, but like the at least the first episode where they meet. I know. How the fuck are they? You know, we'll find out later. We'll find out in the next episode because we're going to we're going back in time, like the song from Back to the Future. Uh huh. All right. Catch you on the flip side. <laughs> Catch you on the flip side. <laughs>